Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Things Worth Considering. I'm Gord Riddell, and I'm here with my ever-curious and splendid co-host, Dr. Jan Hill. Hi, Jan. Hello, Gordo. Hello, everybody. It's great to be splendid. (laughs) She's always splendid. Trust me. Uh, We've been talking about some interesting things, you know, relating to relationships and our place in the world, uh, which I think most of us have difficulties with some days. And we thought we would talk uh, today about a really important area, and that is the whole concept of boundaries. Uh, And as the title says, it's much more than the picket fence around our house. Um, I think we have a lot of interesting ideas here for you uh, in terms of how we make our life much easier with a thing called boundaries. Those people who are, have really rigid boundaries, they really hate people who have boundaries, which is really interesting that they really impose boundaries on people. But, uh, you know, people who have difficulty in being able to say no, that feel that uh, your own needs are overridden in order to be able to please others, or you're bothered by someone who is, you know, totally demanding, controlling. What are some other ones? Pushy, abusive, criticizing. Do you think of any more fun words? Invasive, pleading, <laughs> uh, or smothering Angry, you with kindness. Resentful. Yeah, resentful. It becomes our responsibility to say enough is enough. And that's kind of a major part of boundaries is learning to say no. Uh, the word no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. Most of us want to explain ourselves. Mm-hmm. We say no. Mm-hmm. But because of, you know, and then we just add this whole explanation, like we are so uncomfortable with saying, no, I won't be able to do that for you. No, mm-hmm. I can't come to your house tonight. I think uh, people who are people pleasers or who, other, who are other focused absolutely, right, absolutely. Want, have a hard time saying no and they want to legitimate it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Make it, and then then they 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 become really angry though in terms in terms of feeling that they always have to keep explaining themselves, not realizing that they actually mm-hmm. have a choice here mm-hmm. in, in doing that. Um, mm-hmm. You're never free to say yes unless you're actually free to say no. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I always I always really like the saying that no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just put it to put it really plainly, boundaries is just the line that says this is where I end and you begin. What can happen in, in so many areas of unhealthy boundaries is that it gets really murky. Mm-hmm. The area where, where I end, it's kind of like, it's not, it's not definitive and it just flows into you and you flow into me and we keep getting into each other's ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, healthy boundaries really then define who we are in relation to others. Uh, they help us to know what the extent of the limits um, and what our extent is, how far I'm willing to go and what I'm willing to do, uh, what I allow. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things form, you know, form boundaries. And we all have them. We just, I don't think a lot of us have spent time, to, you know, really thinking about it. No, and you know what I find really interesting, I think, um, is that, okay, nerd moment. Because you know, like a I, nerd a new, yeah, here comes another <laughs> nerd moment. So you know how, okay, so I teach these classes on sociology, the body, blah, blah, blah. So one of the primary concepts in, in when we think about the body and the integrity of the body is to have it 
it has to be bounded. If you have a mm. leaky body, if you have a body that is uh, somehow exposed or where the boundaries aren't clear, then you probably need to go to the hospital and get stitches, right? Like you need mm. to, like the whole idea of keeping the body healthy is to have it be bounded yes, and to exactly. be able to control the boundaries of your body. And yet when we think about it emotionally and we think about the nature of relationships, Suddenly, boundaries seems to be like this nasty word or this nasty concept. So, I mean, you know, as you're speaking, I'm just thinking, huh, isn't this interesting that for emotions, it's there's supposed to be this, you know, fluidity between people's emotional selves. And yet the physical self is supposed to be for to be healthy is supposed to be bounded. It has to be very bounded. Yeah, it's a contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and that gets in the way. But then and then, uh, you know, bringing the spiritual piece. Yeah. And it has to be even more fluid and more yeah. open to everything. Yeah. So. You know, we have all these parts of ourselves that require varying degrees, although really there's one right across the board yeah, without being rigid. Yeah, and I think this goes back to this some of these earlier ideas that we talked about last week and the week before, which is that people – uh, we don't consider ourselves whole in some way, emotionally whole, yep. until we, you know, you complete me gourd, right? Yes. Like that sort of I'm thing. I'm glad you finally realized Ooh. that. Yeah, oh yeah, I God. fought it. I fought it for a long time. But <laughs> You're nobody. <laughs> exactly, right? But, you know, and so it's just interesting, right, how these myths of how we love and how we live and all this stuff kind of filter into uh, all aspects of our relationships with other people. And it's not almost inescapable. Mm-hmm. Because that began to arrive in, you know, in terms of an input from day one, mm-hmm. you know, pop out of mom's uterus and away we go. We just start in, you know, in, in absorbing, in, you know, in, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to absorb all of this stuff. Yeah. And you, you, nobody's really got a chance to get away from it unless, unless they're running at the, you know, 180 degrees away from it. Right. And then in which case they're angry, they're rebellious and yeah. they're not going to, you know, have a healthy one. So. No, really, the bottom line here on this is boundaries state who you are, Uh, you know, right from the get-go. It's our discomfort of declaring who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think the who we are part is about our values. Absolutely. Absolutely. And out of values comes ethics. Right. You know, we have our principles, we have our values, ethics, and then that goes all the way through to morality. Mm -hmm. Now, we never touch morality because that's religious. Mm -hmm. Rarely will we ever tell someone you're immoral. We will say you're unethical. Mm-hmm. You know, but we will. It's it's an interest, just an interesting thing in terms of our society. As as rarely will we ever say that. Yeah. It, it has to be pretty bad. Well, that's that and that's also too. It's linked to our socio legal like culture, right? So ethics are actually is actually uh, like a legal um, category. Right? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Right? And there isn't an organization yeah. around that doesn't have some ethics. Yeah. I hope. I hope they have ethics. I hope. So boundaries are learned, right? Mm-hmm. You agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, is just somebody. It, t- it tells us, you know, uh, you know, th- they just didn't tell us that we had the right to have boundaries. They didn't tell us that we had rights. Period. Mm-hmm. As a human being, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of growing up, uh, you know. So, if we're though in an environment growing up, uh, whether it was in a family, whether it was in a church school, or you know, any anything. All right that abuse existed that that we can you know our boundaries then become really really problematic mm-hmm. because they were constantly constantly being being uh, uh, violated you know and and you know it's emotional violation is one thing i don't agree with it but it's one thing but when we get into physical whether it's violence to the body whether it's sexual violence to the body uh, the, you know that's that's our ultimate 
that's our last you know, sort of defense that we have is mm-hmm. our actual physicality. Mm-hmm. Once that's violated, when someone has you know surpassed that, uh, we're going to have a great deal of difficulty mm-hmm. as we grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, which is unfortunate. You know, an example here was this client. Her brother totally ignoring her pleas to stop tickling her. We all did it though to a little brother. I sister. did it to my little brother. Oh. Is he in therapy? He, he should be. He should be. <laughs> okay, I'll give my card. Uh, <laughs> to, you know, to not tickle and being barely able to breathe. But she she related that that made her feel totally powerless and that she didn't have a right to say stop uh, when she was uncomfortable. Now that is one of those things that will carry on of you know uh, dating mm-hmm. and going out sexual not being able to know that you can say no mm-hmm. and that no means no. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we've, we've learned that uh, inability to say, I don't want to do this, we feel obligated to do it. Mm-hmm. So, even though she protested with her brother, she really had a much more powerful message being uh, hit into her body and that was tough, mm-hmm. you know, too bad for you. So in recovery though, she gained the capacity to finally you know, at one point be able to tell a, a, a masseuse to stop with the pressure, it was hurting her, right. and you know was able to finally get the the uh, you know healthcare specialist to you know kind of moderate what it was that she needed to do. So you know when boundary violations uh, happen, they really affect a child's ability to mature into an independent and responsible adult. Mm-hmm. Autonomous, right? Autonomous, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people fall into this category. Right, so it makes me think that there must be a very strong connection then between this lack of autonomy and, you know, a um, an inability to identify or act upon your boundaries and shame. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the shame. The shame it takes away our right to say. Yeah. The shame just takes away our rights. Period. Yeah. Well, I see. Who do you think you are? Exactly. It's like the mechanism, right? That the shaming mechanism is a thing that starts the whole lack of boundaries ball rolling. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it seems it seems like a kind of almost incredible that you know here you're holding your little brother down. And you're jiggling him, and he can barely breathe, and he's getting all these these messages being delivered through his body. Mm-hmm. And there's so much shame around that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that shame then defines some behaviors, it defines guilt, it defines love. You know, it, it, humans are so spectacularly complicated. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been in this field for so long. Well, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know, a simple, what it appears to be a simple thing that we do, you know, as every kid does or a parent does, a t- tickling or whatever, actually can have such far-reaching effects. Mm-hmm. Now, not every single, you know, person is going to have that kind of a, uh, a problem, but certainly the potential for it is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was tickled, what I did was, this is my total style, Jan style, is I thought, okay, well, I can succumb and be weak, or I can just fight it, and I learned to not be ticklish. I really? resisted. Yep. That's wow. my form of resistance. Have I you ever allowed it to ticklish. come back? Hmm? Have you ever allowed it to come back? Nope. 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 Never. Nope. No one's going to ever nope. do that to you. Never going there again. Yep. Well, you know, I, I mean, on one, one hand, I understand. On the other hand, it's kind of sexy, but. Oh, well, you know, yeah. 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 You know. Oh, well. Lost okay, it. let's keep moving along here. Lots of something there. Yeah, no one wants to know about those things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have internal boundaries, too, mm-hmm. you know, that we have to take into consideration here. This isn't just, you know, me against the world here. Uh, it's about me against me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, one, one of the, the hardest things that we do to ourselves is, you know, we, we tell ourselves that, okay, this has been a really brutal day. I'm going to go home. I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to go to bed early. And you go home and you end up making a sandwich at midnight. You don't go to bed early, you, you know, because you got tied up in doing something else. Netflix. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Or watching it Netflix happens. all night, you know. So what we did, though, is we told ourselves, who we hopefully hold with some regard, uh, what, you know, what we were going to do. And it's like we got home and said, oh, forget it. We, we're not going to do that today. And, you know, that feels very childlike for me. Because that's what we, as a child, that could happen. Of say, well, no, we can't do this on Saturday because we have to go and do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, I I remember traveling and I was visiting some friends and there was they had some other visitors there with a, a, a daughter who was like 13, and they kept promising her, tomorrow we're going to go to you know whatever you know Fabio City was nearby. I don't want to say anything out loud, uh, identifiable, um, but they would drink. And they were too hungover the next day. And they had to tell her again. Oh, no. Maybe tomorrow. And I, I could feel myself getting so angry at these people. Well, but, yeah. You know, because I just felt so bad for her. And I, you know, when I was relating, you know, when I reflected on it, I was relating to what that was like to have that level of disappointment that would come in. Mm-hmm. You're all, you know, uh, you know, uh, ready to go and do something. So we kind of we do that to ourselves i think mm-hmm. you know uh, carry on that which is understandable you know mm-hmm. we carry on that same uh, uh pattern you know so you know uh whether it's procrastinating uh, uh doing things that you you know don't want to be doing you're overdoing it you're not getting enough rest recreation or balanced meals who put this up here? I mean, I this is sounding like me. Uh, I was say, this is or you may life. be neglecting internal life. physical boundaries yeah. uh, that we really do have to have in place. But see, this would be my question then. Um, how do you know the difference between when you're not emotionally regulating enough, so you're not honoring your boundaries, and when you are actually wait? How am I going to even say this? You know what I'm trying to say. No. How do you know? Okay. Uh, how do you know the difference between? <laughs> When you, let's say you go home and watch Netflix, how okay. do you know the difference between when you're actually tear, caretaking for yourself and you're like, you know what, I'm exhausted, I'm going to watch Netflix versus when you are actually home watching Netflix and go, oh, you know what, just, I'm just not going to do my work. Right, right. And I'm going to like distract myself with this. Well, I mean, just the fact you're using the word distract, hmm. you know, I think that it's not. Oh, you're good. It's not choiceful. You know, it's like my choice is to go home and do this and, and, you know, set myself up in a certain way. But, you know, if, if I'm not really making a choice, it's kind of like, oh, there's another avenue I could, you know, sort of go stumbling down. Mm. That, I think that's the difference. It's not a choiceful place. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is it has to do with intention. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, procrastination is always uh, anything that we can possibly see that might come up that will, you know, pull us away from what we really should be doing. Mm-hmm. Of course, what we really should be doing is, you know, whatever that might be, but now we're, now we're totally set up to be, be angry with ourselves mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, just, yeah, have all that, all that kind of stuff happening. Um, you know, be angry, let, feel like we let ourselves down here it was again. Now I'm not going to, you know, or we're setting ourselves up through that procrastination to, uh, get into trouble in other areas of not being prepared. Right. You know, um, and that's 
you know, that's that's a real sabotage mechanism. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot actually at stake here when we start looking at our internal management system, and and what happens when it turns on ourselves, you know, because mm-hmm. we can rationalize why. We didn't do that last night. We can rationalize, you know, oh, I had this with my cat. I had, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's just like, wow, okay, that could have probably been handled differently if we were really honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. I guess what you're saying is when it becomes dysfunctional to the system of your life or to actually moving forward in your goals. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Then then you know it's a problem. Yep. Otherwise, Otherwise, take a long bath. Enjoy your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think that uh, we're at a point that we should uh, maybe pull back and uh, take a long bath. On the other side of a yeah, exactly, <laughs> long bath here coming up, uh, and uh, we're going to break here for a couple of commercials, and uh, we will be right back to things worth considering. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental dynamic educational environment we believe learning is much more than just theories it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back. Uh, I'm here with Jan Hill. This is Gordon Riddell, and this is Things Worth Considering. And we're talking about a really important uh, uh, part of everyone's life, or we hope it will become, and that's the whole idea of understanding boundaries. So um, now, what uh, uh, what are different types of boundaries? We talked a little bit about body, our body mm-hmm. uh, as being one. Um, we we're talking about internal and external, but we have things like material boundaries. Mm. All right. Uh, like, for instance, you know, what what are you willing to lend to people mm-hmm. as opposed to put it back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't touch it. You know, that's a boundary. That's mm-hmm. a boundary. You know, And it's interesting, right? Because some people, they attach differently to material things, right? So for some people, it might be the cost of something. That's my expensive China something or other or yep. whatever, right? Or, that's- or the sentimental. Yeah. That's my mother's China. Put it down. Exactly, yep. right? For other people, it's around use value. 
mm-hmm. right? If I lose, like if I lost my computer, man, life stops. <laughs> We'd be in like, you know trouble. what I mean? Yep. So you think of all the kids on their phones, right? If they lose their phones, life is over. So the Listen, value, we wouldn't be in business if they weren't losing their phones. That's right. They just have a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the value that we place on some of the things that we have might not be obvious to other people. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that makes it difficult then as a professional mm-hmm. when you're you're counseling someone is to understand their I mean this is this is right out of Buddhism is our suffering is in direct proportion to the value that we place on the event mm-hmm. or on the our object attachment. or whatever. You know, when someone comes in and they could be, you know, crazy upset about their car and we're like, well, okay. But until we realize that that car has, you know, a value in terms of being able to earn money, mm-hmm. their, their entire career could depend upon that that vehicle. Although there are substitute vehicles, uh, not to, to take away from that, but it's the value that's being placed there. Right. And, and it makes it difficult to, if you, if we have a different sort of standard by how we judge or how we how we relate to the value of material objects, it can be very very difficult to actually as, sort of connect to somebody else around that. So somebody yes. might you know lend you a book, and that's their really really special book, and it's like precious to them. And then you go, oh yeah, sorry about your book, I dropped it in the bathtub, right? But it's like just My a book. You can it. get another one on Amazon. <laughs> yeah yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know that that uh, you know just that value thing. I mean the difference between. The value that people, some people will place on people over animals, and that it wasn't about or, value or for animals me. It was, over people. Or people, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, when when uh, I think well, years and years ago, when I was starting out, when someone's you know animal had died, their cat had died, and and this person was distraught. I really thought we were talking about a human child, uh, and discovered that it was a cat child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, there was so much learning in it for me, you know, as a therapist is starting out to see that whole attachment piece. Yeah. And I think I think that animal human connection, which they're doing an awful lot of research on these days, is uh, something that you you just don't get if you don't get it. That's right. Right. That's right. Absolutely. And if you do get it, you know, then it's like you don't want people to know that you don't get it. No. Right. No. No, you don't. Because you will like. Yeah. No, you don't. And never wear a fur coat around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so material boundaries, you know, money, cars, clothes, books, even food, toothbrushes, whatever, is what are you willing to give away or, or, or let people, you know, lend to people? And what is, is not going to go anywhere? Mm-hmm. So physical boundaries, you know. Uh, uh, you know, people, people who have uh, issue with, for instance, uh, a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. is not going to extend their hand. Mm-hmm. They do not want to have any physical contact with you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that can make us feel pretty crappy. You know, I showered, you know, I washed my hands even. Uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's uh, you know, how, you know, physical boundaries really are our personal space, our privacy, uh, our bodies. You know, who do you hug? Who mm-hmm. do you ha- extend a handshake to? Who do you not extend your hand to? You know, uh, which can be quite a, you know, a little slap in the face. When do you do it? Whom, you know, mm-hmm. who's in line there? Uh, and then, I don't know, things like your ears. How about loud music? Yeah. You know? Yeah, or, I'm really sensitive to cooking, sound. cooking odors. Yep. You know, if you live in an apartment or a condo uh, that doesn't have the negative air pressure, which fortunately where I live, I do. Yeah. Uh, and it forces all the, the odors back in into the unit. It's really interesting because living in an urban environment, 
you know, there's just a natural escalation in the amount of sound and the amount of smells and things like that. They just the the connection with other people and the remnants of other people. Let's call it that. That you are <laughs> remnants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Who right. Is that here? you are exposed to. Yes. And you know, I mean, lots of studies indicate that the more people are who are crammed into a smaller space, uh, the more frustrated people feel. Right. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree completely. Now, you know, here at the college, you know, transnational arts, we've, you know, this is a, as you well know, a, a fragrance-free zone. Sure. Uh, you know, and we, we every year we have to, you know, take a couple of people aside and say that that, that means every everything mm-hmm. we shouldn't be, but it also means though you have to shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the 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 opposite of you know wearing a fragrance is being very fragranted naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fragrance by nature, mm-hmm. and so getting that back in line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what about nudity? Yep. You know, that's, uh, some people are just like, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Other people are like, why are we so, you know, obsessed with, you know, we have to address it. We can't go to the beach and just, you know, be natural. Mm-hmm. Of course, unless you, you know, have been in the sun, totally natural and have had that effect of ouch for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand why you might want to wear a bathing suit. Uh, locking doors. Mm-hmm. Of course, in Toronto, uh, big, big urban center, uh, you know, not locking your doors is probably a really dumb thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but all I need to do is drive an hour up north to where my parents' home was, and, like, locking doors is kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it really, you know, the urban versus the rural versus the suburban, you know, all have very different. Uh, well, part, part of it is imposed upon us as to, you know, do we have predators out there or, People that would actually come and open your door and walk in. Yeah, fear has a big... accidentally. Yeah, fear has a big impact on that. Huge. And, you know, perceived fear. What about mental boundaries? Oh. Do you have any? Uh, (laughs) I try not to, but I I guess I do. Um, Yeah, this applies to your thoughts and your values and your opinions. And in a way, this is what we were talking about earlier on, right? Yeah. Um, Are you easily suggestible? That's kind of an interesting thought, right? Are you suggesting? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is it Um, fun? You know, it's interesting, right? Because uh, doing hypnotherapy and such, right? It's like uh, some people are more suggestible than others. Some people Absolutely. hang on to ideas, thoughts, frameworks, schemas more yep. tightly than others. Some people have greater imagination than others. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. What I find interesting is they talk about people in NLP as having a, a natural limit for what they think of as a convincer. So if I asked you, I might say, Gord, can I have, I don't know, can I have your coffee? And you'd be like, no, Jan boundary. Gord, can I have your coffee? No, Jan. Boundary, right? Yeah. Gord, can I have your coffee? No, Jan. Boundary, right? <laughs> Gord, can I have your coffee? No, Jan. Boundary, right? Eventually, you're going to say, Jan, here's my coffee. Thing. Yeah. Right? Just to get rid of you. Yeah. So, yeah. children, we all know children learn very, very quickly. How many times do you have to ask before mom, dad, sister, brother, whatever, aunt, uncle gives in? And so, this is what we call the convincer. And when you go shopping, right, you might see that great, I don't know, that great coat or something. You go, oh, or that great car. And you might not want to immediately buy it, but you'll go back maybe three times, four times, five times, whatever your convincing number is mm-hmm. to convince yourself. Right? Well, that that's okay. exactly what is being done on the internet with targeted advertising. Mm, yep. Yeah, I, I go to a site, uh, take a look at something, and the next thing I see is every time I'm online, where there is a white space in, in a, a search, it doesn't matter what it is, it up comes that same thing that I looked at. Yep. How and many times? 
Do they have to show it to you before you're convinced? Exactly. Exactly. And it's uh, well, usually I I end up telling them, you know, take it down because I mean, there is a regulator on uh, on there, but it's really annoying. And it it just feels so big brotherish to me. You know, we saw what you looked at last night. Yeah. What I find really frustrating is when they keep showing me something I already bought. (laughs) <laughs> that's even it's like, better it's like ah you losers yeah, already really. got it why don't you put your data together for exactly. a change exactly algorithm um, really yeah yeah exactly exactly mm. uh sexual boundaries uh-huh you know uh people don't don't realize that that's probably one of the biggest areas mm-hmm. that is violated in us yeah and this is one of the things that show up and not even know we've been violated well until we mm-hmm. get it out of there yeah yeah, until later Sorry. on when you go, oh, that was uncomfortable. That was, yeah. Yeah, but this is one of the things that I think sexual boundaries has really come up more in the forefront with the Me Too movement, yes. number one. And also with the whole, even if you think back in the 80s, the whole date rape movement, right? The whole recognition yeah. that there are, there are situations where people will engage in behaviors that they feel really uncomfortable with. Yeah. And it's only after when they suddenly feel safe again, that's when they feel free to actually uh, address how problematic it was for them. Right. Absolutely. And, but but because of what happened, though, now that what could have been a no is now got shame and guilt sure. and anger. Mm-hmm. Just a whole pile of things mm-hmm. has has come into play because of somebody not honoring or, or someone being coerced or, mm-hmm. you know, moved forward into a, a and situation. Lots of confusion. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's really horrible because, you know, that's where children who have been uh, violated get you know, into a whole thing of they're so confused about, well, it felt okay, maybe, because that's what our body is supposed to do. Our body Mm -hmm. is supposed to give us pleasant, you know, feelings. But we knew that it wasn't okay. Right. And so how do I reconcile as a child when I can barely reconcile one plus five? Mm -hmm. uh, The the whole thing of it felt good. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. This is good. This is wrong. And, and so the only thing that happens and can happen is then I'm a bad person. You know, right. I, 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 I was feeling something that I shouldn't have felt and therefore, and then the shame, the guilt, and, and children are very immobilized well, well into their lives unless they do mm-hmm. some sort of uh, work around that, mm-hmm. you know, trauma work, mm-hmm. you know, especially. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I just find that just so, so horrific when that happens. Right. You know. Right. And, it, and it happens way more than we ever, ever will know. Yep. Um, spiritual boundaries. That's yep. interesting. Mm-hmm. I've actually run into something like this. Tell me about that. Well, you know, I had uh, someone years ago um, was the one who's, who, who's, who's telling me that she's being woken up in the middle of the night and she's receiving information. And I'm like, what does that mean, receiving information? And she, she showed me. I mean, she had, like, all of these teachings, and they were certainly down to earth. They were, you know, not from earth, but they were down to earth. They were, you know, good good visionary, you know, writing mm-hmm. and, and so on. Uh, and she said she was exhausted now. She, she, she has to get her sleep because she's you know, older. And so we, we talked about it, and she, she you know, was a, of a belief system that it was from, you know, somewhere – extraplanetary mm-hmm. uh, my job is not to decide whether extraplanetary exists mm-hmm. I agree with her 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree. I just go with her story. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what holding space, that's yeah. what listening is about. Start where the client's at. Start where the client is at, listen to that story, and don't make judgment. What do you mean it's from another planet? Mm-hmm. I could have cut her off at that moment, and mm-hmm. that would have been the end. Mm-hmm. So she told me basically that this was about, you know, a, a, a spiritual boundary violation. Mm-hmm. And I said, Okay, you know, if you're up at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, I said I'm going to come over tomorrow, tomorrow night, and uh, you know, we can we can have a a good uh, a good chat. And she said, no, and I said, oh right, it'd be interfering with your visitors, and she said, she said, no, why would you do that when I'm around during the day? And I said, why would you do that when the you know allowing this evening thing? I said, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Whether it's me in the physical or whether it's, you know, whoever you're working with from beyond, you know, you have to understand you're making one more important than the other because right. they're not in a physical you know situation. So, you know, whether, whether this person was, you know, you know, certifiable or not is irrelevant. Right. What happened was she was then able to negotiate like in her mind with this this uh, source of you know source source of uh, uh, information and it stopped right and it began to then happen into the evening so what you're it's saying happened. is that we have the right when we're engaging with the spiritual world to have our boundaries and say not tonight i'm sleeping not tonight i'm sleeping not yeah. tonight i'm sleeping every night Exactly. You know, or whatever, you know. But on Saturday I party. Saturday, Saturday, okay. exactly. Don't come. I'll be under the influence or something. You know, uh, having having an understanding of that that uh, it and it doesn't matter when it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people may may want to argue on that, and that's cool. Uh, we can be reached at info at spiritgrows.ca. Uh, but you know. When when someone believes that you know like you know the virgin is arriving or whatever and that's who they're communicating with like how could they possibly say no? It's really looking at how and what shape is your body in, your mind in, mm-hmm. because I don't believe that anyone with a high level of of any spirituality would interfere with that on us. I really mm-hmm. don't. You know, I think that. Uh, you know, we we would uh, definitely be in a position of saying no. And I think they would look at us and say, why don't you get some sleep tonight, just like a good mother would? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll talk tomorrow. Well, the idea, if you're a sensitive super being or if you're just a human being, right, then mm, a super human being, you're super, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're like, fabulous. I mean, the goal is if you're engaging with anybody is not to drain them. Well, right? exactly, exactly. You know, uh, it's, it's like, you know, when I'm teaching and I'm looking out, and at some point the class just goes numb mm-hmm. on, a, on an eight-hour day. There's no point in pushing them any further, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not going to go in. That's when you make them stand up and do the chicken dance. Exactly. So before everybody else goes numb out there listening to us, the I think we dance. should go and take a break. Uh, this is uh, Things Worth Considering here on Voice America uh, Talk uh, Radio. And Jan and I will be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. 
We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and we're back. It's uh, Gord Riddell and Jan Hill, and we are talking about boundaries, uh, not property lines, but actual boundaries that we have for ourselves. So, you know, when when we have uh, really lacking in boundaries, mm-hmm. that's really bad for us. Yeah. What does it look like? Well, what it looks like is, is that I don't really have a strong sense of who I am. Ah. You know, people, people begin to define who I am if I don't have a strong place that, you know, the ability to say no mm-hmm. is a huge definer. Mm-hmm. The ability to say I can't come, I'm not coming on this night or whatever mm-hmm. without having to do a song and dance and an entire Broadway musical to get out of it, then I think that that reinforces our self-esteem, it reinforces our confidence, uh, and just it reinforces our place in the world. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think the more shaky we are, the more people will target us. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because when you're saying no, what you're essentially saying is, uh, not me. Me, not me, right? When yeah. you say yes to things that are offered to you, it's like, huh, me, that's me, right? Exactly. And no is not me or not now, not me now. <laughs> not <right>? me now. <laughs> and yeah. I think that, yeah, so I think that just, uh, it serves to reinforce who we know ourselves to be if we are already on the path where we know who we knew, uh, if we're already on the path, you know what I'm trying to say, yep. to who we are. And yeah, to know and knowing who, who that is. Yeah, exactly. Knowing who that is. Not, you know, having, you know, what does that look like when you ask that is uh, we're more likely to stay in bad situations. Right. Could be a job. Right. It could be in a relationship. Right. Uh, we're much more likely to put up with, you know, uh, bad behavior. Right. From other people, whether it is an addiction, whether it's physical violence, whether it's sexual violence, we're much more likely to make excuses for it mm-hmm. and continue to allow it, if not blame ourselves, mm-hmm. and try to fix other people. Because mm-hmm. if I'm in a situation and I'm not getting out of it, then I better fix it. Right. And of course, that's as crazy making as doing the behavior yourself. Mm-hmm. So here's something interesting, I think, that corresponds to what you're saying. We could think of people in relationships where their needs aren't being met as having no boundaries. 
We could also think of them, and this is how they often think of themselves as being, they think of themselves as being highly adaptable. Highly adaptable and right. in control. Uh, sometimes in control, control yeah, yeah, right? Because it's their adaptability that, that allows them to feel like they're in control. Yep. Yeah. Right. They, like the, the, you know, uh, family who's say generally traditionally, you know, mom is, is having to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. He's drinking. It's causing all kinds of problems. So, you know, she's the breadwinner. She's keeping it going. She's taking care of the kids. Uh, and, but she's also getting really angry, mm -hmm. but she will see herself as, well, it's a good thing. I'm here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is a good thing. Mm -hmm. However, it's going to hurt her in, a bit, in the long run. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's what, you know, uh, I mean, I, I talk often about it, you know, whether it's AA or, or whether it's, uh, uh, you know, Al-Anon is to be able to learn. Al-Anon is, is, you know, the perfect place where people who have gotten involved with addictions, mm -hmm. especially with alcohol, mm -hmm. uh, in, and have been in a relationship with someone can go and actually learn to say no. Right. And learn not to enable it, not to take a part in someone else's addiction. And that, you know, I think we should have a general course in this. Mm -hmm. You know, instead okay. of just one group, you know, associating with that because people aren't going to go there if it really isn't a problem. Well, I see uh, it in know. things like veganism, for example. Right? Veganism is a, a fast-growing movement, especially under the age of uh, people under the age of thirty. Mm -hmm. And so, what I see, and you know, I work with a, a lot of eating disorder-related things. And so, what I see is. Uh, vegans who are constantly going to barbecue restaurants and things like that where there's nothing on the menu and they're so used to not being able to eat anywhere that they pull out their carrots or their you know broccoli in the bag and from their purses and their briefcases and whatever and they'll sit there and nobody seems to really you know like that their take on it is like nobody really cares enough that they're included that you go to a restaurant where there's actually something there for them to eat right, 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 seems to right. and so so the whole point is that when you are adaptable adaptability breeds a sense in other people that what's important to you doesn't matter True. Right? That's true. So, yeah. So, there's the vegan eating their carrots. Even a vegetarian. Well, sure. Exactly. You know, right? going to someone's home and there's nothing nothing else has been prepared. Right. That would be able to cover them when everyone else is having like a, you know, barbecued steak in the backyard. Right. And, you know, and so for, for vegetarians, uh, and I know this from personal experience, right? So, for vegetarians, what you just do, you don't kind of, you get to the point where you don't really expect anybody to make anything special. Right. So, you just get, you just adapt, right? It's okay. I'll... I'll eat the cilantro, right? Or whatever. And, and, or no problem. Breakfast I brought my own food, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, and this isn't really a critique of dinner parties or anything. It's just this idea that we become accustomed to what other people will accept, not accept, or actually adapt around. Yeah. And so often what happens is, 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 uh, the adaptable person becomes more adaptable and it just makes people think that it's that whatever they're adapting around isn't important. Right. Right. Exactly. But yeah. then they, they eventually will take on that as well. Yeah. You know, they, they'll live, they're living by their, their beliefs, but at the same time, it's like, well, this really isn't important. People mm -hmm. are, people don't take me seriously. Mm -hmm. Or, or my people don't care. Yeah. yeah. I know I, I, I had a dinner and I was informed that one of the, one of the uh, people who was coming mm -hmm. uh, to this birthday party was, uh, was a vegan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I actually went out and got a vegan dessert for him. That's great. And he was shocked. He was yeah. just, you know, I, I had all of these vegan food so that he was totally, you know, comfortable throughout. And he he was just so uh, appreciative. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the the topper was that I actually had a vegan cake for him. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was really interesting to see how how uh, special he just felt. Yes. Yeah. 
as you know, your story of, of being ignored versus actually being honored for those choices. I'm mm-hmm. not a vegan. I don't I don't get it. You know, uh, so he'll probably live 20 years longer than I am. I hope he has some more money. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, they're, they're powerful choices that people make. And we do, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, we ignore those mm-hmm. and the long-term repercussions. Then there are those people that have really rigid boundaries. Mm-hmm. What's that like? What is that like? Well, boy, that can be a double-edged sword, right? Because you uh, sometimes the rigid boundaries will make people not want to connect to you because you have no flexibility, right? So you end up feeling pretty alone, like kind of very, in a very realistic way because you are alone because no one wants to hang out with you, right? So you crave connection, but you also might end up fearing closeness because the flip side of that is that if you um, connect to people, then you have to be adaptable, and and that it feels threatening to you. Right, right. So right. the best solution is to just withdraw. So why would people want to be that rigid, though? Why? Why not? Gord? Well, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of a lot of hurt hearts out there. Yeah. You know? No, I think it's you know it's about protection, right? You want to protect yourself from vulnerability, hurt hearts. But it's like sure. the worst form of protection there is. Yeah. Because it, I mean, like you said, it's a double-edged sword. It just comes back in your face like you know what are you protecting yourself from i'd rather protect myself from loneliness right and you know this is the thing right as we live in this hyper individualistic society right that teaches us to be strong means to be on our own and to be alone and to be you know everybody on the block has to have their own lawnmower god forbid you can't share a lawnmower or well, no, whatever you right get, you could get diseases well yeah <laughs> or grass problems I mean, right yeah. but you know what i mean it's like everybody has to be autonomous and separate and if you're not it's a sign of weakness and of course what we all know is healing comes through community it comes through acknowledgement recognition it comes through sharing concepts and ideas and feelings of pain and our our experiences right which is why it's so important to you know all these books that are out there that describe people's real experience of things the ethnographic studies that are being done the voices from the margins right you know right that that's what heals us community heals us visibility heals us yeah and yeah and, and you know what that that isn't just about reading about it mm-hmm. that's actually being in the same space sure you know that's yeah. that's the connection piece yeah and i think People that's are what viewing empathy- the internet as being a place of connection right and i and think that's what empathy is right it's when you can look in the eyes of someone who you don't know who you don't you haven't had their experience maybe you've got nothing in common right but you can say hey you know i'm human you're human we share an understanding and experience of pain our pain is different we are different but we're the same yeah yeah right? yeah absolutely and you can appreciate their suffering absolutely. The, and their joy yeah, it's our willingness to go there, though. Mm-hmm. It's a scary place for a lot of people. Scary. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's very open. It's very scary to open ourselves up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is there a place that we can get to that, you know, we're not rigid, we're not ill-defined, we're, you know, it, it sounds like they have to be fluid. Yeah, I would describe that uh, as it's often described in experiential learning as being a balanced, self-determined person. So you move back and forth between being other-focused. It's good, you know, if you're a mom, you need to be, or a parent, you need to be other-focused. Or or your baby's going to die, right? Or a doctor. Or a psychotherapist. Or a nurse. Exactly, yeah. right? Anybody in those fields. Uh, and But if you're trying to get off the Titanic, it might be a good idea to be self-focused. Right. Right? In that moment, <laughs> hey, that's not get repeatable. out of my way, yeah, right? Yeah. So being able to move back and forth between it and to understand that your boundaries can be flexible and fluid given the context, right. but there are core issues that you might not want to give away. 
Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Those are our principles and our values mm-hmm. that, that are in amongst all of that. You know, mm-hmm. I was just thinking as you were, as you were talking, you know, like first, first uh, responders, uh, you know, they can have the, the eye focus or the cell focus to get through the people who can't move. Right. Exactly. And then they create a space and become others, other focused. Right. And now that they're in a, in a place of being able to actually operate for what they know yeah. and why they're there, then they can, you know, make things happen. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. I think first responders around that, you know, really have to, you know, be in a, I got to get through here. Yeah. Uh, me, I. Yeah. And then they turn around and they see the mob that they're having to take care of or, you know, evacuate or, you know, assess whatever's going on there. So right. I think first responders are very much like that. And I would say uh, that model applies to parenting, too. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like, you know, put your own face mask on first for air and then mm-hmm. take care of people around you. Mm-hmm. And it, very often it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so the person who could be the most valuable if they don't put that mask on in a plane you know, we lose them mm-hmm. because there's only a few seconds before they go down. Whereas, you know, you put your own on and then you'd be able to take care of your kids, mm-hmm. your the elderly, whatever, you know, whoever's around you. And now everyone is going to be in a successful position. Right. Yeah. Yep. One thing that I find. But really- then you're selfish, you see. I mean, how many times have you had, you know, said something about boundaries or this is, you know, this is where I, you know, come from. Well, I just think you're really selfish, Jan. Yeah, you're only selfish to the person who wants something from of you. Of course. <laughs> right? You're not selfish to yourself. Exactly. Unless you don't listen to yourself. Well, no, I listen to everybody else. Right? Yeah. So I walk exactly. around thinking I'm just really selfish. Yeah, one thing that I find really interesting is um, the inability to make decisions when you have weak boundaries. Right? Yeah. And that's that's because you're trying to take into account everything that everybody else wants you to do. Well, I was going to say, that's paralyzed. about people-pleasing though, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. You just become paralyzed, right? Yep. Or your future thinking, right? What's the best thing for everybody right now depends on how it's all going to turn out in three weeks. And you don't know how it's all going to turn out in three weeks. I have a crystal ball. That's fantastic. Yeah. I don't. I yeah. It makes my decisions easier. Yeah. <laughs> I just. And I'm kidding on that. Uh, you're right. Absolutely. But how many of us spend time, you know, thinking about the decisions that we're making impact on others and you know, w- what is the future outcome mm-hmm. on this? So, you know, it can go one way or the other. And, uh, you know, uh, there's no such thing as a failure, but there's certainly ways of discovering how things don't work. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that's sort of the, the big one. Uh, so, you know, how do we have to adjust ourselves? You know, uh, you know, not listening to other people's opinions amongst our, our own uh, you know, r- recognizing that when you're angry, that the anger is a really big sign that you've been violated. Yeah. That's a huge That huge you've let sign. your boundaries drop. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, when, yeah, when, when our, our boundaries are violated. Yeah. It's, uh, Once you honor your boundaries, you'll feel less anxiety, less resentment, less guilt. Absolutely. That sort of thing, right? Absolutely. I'll miss those, though. Well, they can be good friends. Yeah. Yeah. They can make it possible to <laughs> so, do all sorts of things. Unfortunately, you know, just in a couple of minutes here, what uh, what are some effective ways? How do I set boundaries? <gasps> I think it all it starts with self awareness. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is to actually be able to uh, know yourself on some level on some levels and take responsibility, right, for your own happiness. Yes. Right? Um, really? Because then if things don't turn out, who do I blame? Mm-hmm. I don't want to blame myself if it didn't turn out. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we don't take responsibility. Right. 
But the thing is, when you don't take responsibility, you also can't take responsibility for the things that work. That's right. Right. That's right. We always feel I, like I just, just love little... those people that are like, if it's someone, something else goes wrong, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. But the good, gee, I think there's a president somewhere on the planet that mm-hmm. does that. But when it's a good thing, it turns out they're in charge. Oh, but who they wants to feel happen. like a leaf blowing in the wind, right? Yeah, exactly. 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 Or Katy Perry, like a uh, paper bag or a plastic bag blowing in the wind. Yeah. And her fireworks song. Yeah, so yeah. you can recognize and acknowledge your own feelings, right? So that's the self-awareness piece, I think. You can recognize you, how your boundaries have been crossed. This is really important. If we feel uncomfortable about something, but we're not really sure what, right? You need to sit down with yourself and actually have a conversation with yourself. Yeah, and, so and, and stay go, flexible. Yeah, what is it that I feel uncomfortable with exactly? What are the boundaries? And then you uh, you need to acknowledge that a need to actually set your boundaries. Yep. Get grounded on it. Right. And get yep. firm and, and know what you're doing. Then you have to say it. Voice and take it. Take the risk. Take the risk and say it. Telling to people. And then take care of and yourself. And know that people won't like it. Yeah. You know, Which is why you got to take care of yourself. People are not going to like, uh, uh, you know, you setting boundaries with, with them. Yep. You know, they're just like, what? They're going to send you know? change back messages. I want you to be the way you were before. Big, big change back messages. Right. Now, uh, we're running, we have run out of time. <gasps> Another spectacular hour. Gone so Thank fast. you. Running by us. Uh, if you're in the Toronto area tomorrow on uh, April 5, uh, once again, we have our Compassion Energy Circle we'd like to invite you to come out to. It's a free event. And uh, it's at 3300 Young Street on the third floor at Transformational Arts College. And uh, you're more than welcome to come. It's a free event. It's donation only. Uh, and next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about running out of time and getting really anxious. That we're going to get cut off. Okay. That's we're not going to get cut off. No. No. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about anxiety that is so big in our society right now and all the things that feed that anxiety and what we can do about it. Sounds great. In that case, have a great week. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, and Gordo. we'll be back here next Thursday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.